Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Sorry for the delay. A lot of moving parts uh, to today. Uh, a lot of movement in the Bills, Mafia, Bill, Buffalo Bills world. Uh, this is Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. And you can head over to TopsMarkets.com right now and, and check out their weekly ad, which will give you all the details on all the deals Coming up for the big game, you can get Doritos, some Lay's, some Scoops, uh, Tostitos, uh, anything that you want. All the Pepsi products, they have deals galore going on right now. There's also a mega meat sale happening. Gotta love the mega meat sale. Mix or match from over 35 different cuts, and you can buy one, get one free. Get yourself set up for the big game this weekend. Ryan, I'm not going to waste any time. we got a guest tonight, Antoine Staley from the New York Daily News. We are going to uh, get into the Senior Bowl with him coming up here in a few minutes. But we wanted to start this podcast a little early because there's a lot of things happening today, and we want to get into it. We'll we'll cover the Senior Bowl stuff with Antoine. We'll come back around and cover this uh, as well if we have to, uh, if we don't get into it before he gets on. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. And Matt, before we get into it, Alex Barber in the chat, what's the number to get on that text group one more time? Yeah, that's a good place to, to start because I, I had mentioned on social media uh, today if we were surprised about this move. And uh, I, I said that we weren't only from the perspective of kind of reading the tea leaves in, in terms of what's happening here. So the Bills and, and John Butler, longtime uh, defensive. Um, I almost put my own cell phone number in the chat. Um, <laughs> I think would have been digging up all throughout this episode <laughs> here. Uh, I'll put the number uh, 716-528-6727. I'm going gonna, gonna to put that up on the screen here. So if you're watching the show and if you want to become a Shop Buffalo Bills insider, just text that number. It'll give you a two-week free trial, $3.99 a month after that. And this is the season where you really want to get on in on that. I was just talking to one of our insiders today. Um, you know, we're go- I'm going to the combine in a couple of weeks and everything that I hear is going to get dumped into that insider text line. So uh, everything that I learned, uh, what we learned today is the bills and John Butler defensive backs coach since 2018 
they've mutually agreed to part ways. And uh, with uh, that decision being made, there was a vacancy and they hired um, Jamil uh, Adai from Miami. Uh, I, I might be mispronouncing that. I don't have the spelling in front of me. Um, but this is a guy that He's been in the college ranks, uh, you know, the last few years. He uh, is coming from the university or Miami University. Uh, spent one year at Georgia. He is going to hold the title of cornerbacks coach, and it's interesting because the Bills have had a defensive backs coach the entirety of Sean McDermott's time as head coach, going back to Gil Bird, who had held the title in 2017 before giving way to Butler, who took over in 18. And this is a kind of a change in that. Uh, in, in just the structure of the defensive coaching staff to go with a cornerbacks specific coach in a die. Uh, Joe Dan is still on, on staff as the safeties coach. Uh, they move in a different direction here. Yeah, it's definitely interesting in terms of the restructuring. And, you know, first and foremost with, with Butler, phenomenal coach. Uh, he's done an outstanding job here, Matt, since he's been with the Bills. You, you look at the cornerback room. It, it feels like he's always made chicken salad out of certain situations here based on cornerback two. Oh, you um, really just you I had did, the opportunity to hit a home run and there you did. You just lined it up the middle for a, or uh, you know, off the I wall wanna, for a double. I don't want to insult the players, but like he, he really did turn some guys into quality uh, cornerback twos. You look at Levi Wallace, you look at Dane Jackson before, you know, the bills obviously went out and drafted some players and, they acquire Rasul Douglas, but he's always been able to get the best out of players. Taron Johnson at the nickel cornerback spot. Uh, he's worked with the entire you know secondary, and we know how good this safety room has been. So this is going you know big shoes to fill for a die, and he's done a really good job. The one thing I always look for when there's a coach, especially one that I'm not necessarily overly familiar with, is the reactions from the fan base and. Uh, people in Miami were really looking at him as this up and coming coach. Uh, they were disappointed to see him leave to join the bills. So from that perspective, it, it seems like there's some upside to this move, but man, replacing Butler is going to be tough. So that's, I think where we have to start. And you, you laid it up perfectly. There is that this is a coach that, you know, has been kind of the backbone of this defense for years. Somebody that Sean McDermott has relied upon for, um, since 2018 to really spearhead the group that if you take all three position groups into consideration, right. Uh, and just lump them into, uh, sections of the field, the secondary, the linebacking crew that in the middle, and then the defensive line, you can make an argument that that unit on the back end has been the most stable, the most productive, the most consistent group for this team over the course of Sean McDermott's tenure. And, you know, you want to start adding up all pro nods, right? Like Micah Hyde, I know it was the second team, Jordan Poyer, first team, Tredavious White. And then to your earlier point, what they've gotten out of guys like uh, Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, the latest um, example of that. And then of course, Taron Johnson, throw another all pro into the, into the mix there. Yeah. So it's like, this is, a situation where from everything that I understand, you know, Bobby Babich is a guy that's been, you know, groomed for this defensive coordinator role for a while. Um, and Sean McDermott, when he made that decision, you have John Butler sitting out there who has been um, uh, a steady presence on this coaching staff for years. And I even noted it in the article that I put up on the website earlier this season, when they were start trying to decide if he was going to call the defense or not, Sean McDermott, 
there was one preseason game against the Steelers where he gave play calling duties to John Butler, which kind of makes everybody feel like, okay, he's like the next guy in line, right? Like if they were going to make a move and, and promote a defensive coordinator, it'll be Butler. It ends up being Bobby Babbage, who if you go back a couple of years, Bobby Babbage was an assistant for John Butler. So it's just a situation where the sides, you know, the sides decide to part ways. Um, you know, John Butler was promoted to the passing game coordinator last year. Uh, there's really nowhere else for him to get promoted up to. And so they're going to they're going to start uh, fresh uh, on both sides. And listen, this league is a year-to-year league, and this offseason, Bobby Babich was the hot name, uh, getting multiple interview requests for defensive coordinator jobs, and the Bills were kind of backed into a corner in terms of we don't want to lose this guy, and what's the only way we can ensure that we don't lose him, and that's promote him to defensive uh, defensive coordinator. excuse me. And that's not to say he's not going to do a phenomenal job at it, but like you said, that also means there's some veteran coaches who – uh, maybe had a, a stake to claim for that job, like a John Butler, who is now out of the picture. Um, thank you for joining us on the Staples Show here Wednesday, February 7th. It is 7.30 at night. We got a lot to get into on this episode. And Ryan, when we were when we were starting to put together this show this week, I, I didn't really know where we were going to go. Like, you know, there was a lot to talk about, a couple like uh, coaching moves that have happened. Uh, over the last week, we had the show uh, on, on Saturday at Wingnuts, and I didn't think a lot of people wanted to talk too much more about the Super Bowl. We kind of gave our picks. I didn't think we needed to dip our toes too too much into those waters. We could kind of start fresh with our you know free agency look ahead next week. Uh, but then all of a sudden, today happened, and there's so much to get to. But I want to go back to last week before we move any, any further, and we'll get more into um, the coaching moves that have been made. There's a, a new quarterbacks coach. We'll get into that as well. Uh, but I want to bring in our guest next because uh, he's been so gracious uh, to join us here tonight. Uh, he is from the New York Daily News. My man, Antoine Staley, uh, covers the Jets, covers the entire NFL uh, for the New York Daily News and was kind enough to join us. What's up, my man? Hey, how y'all doing? We doing are great. just living the crazy uh, NFL beat writer uh, lifestyle right now, right? Like it's a a big news day in Buffalo, uh, hitting that at the top here. Uh, but it's been a busy week uh, for you, you know, head, heading down to Mobile, Alabama. Neither Ryan or I were able to get down there. So I, I'm curious, I guess that's the best place to start. What was your big takeaway from from the Senior Bowl this year? This year, being down there, watching a couple days of practice, you know, where is the where was the strength, the positional strength and just your overall takeaways? Yeah, I mean, everybody was looking at the quarterbacks and obviously Michael Pennis, Julia, who was there, like probably the most heralded pro prospect out of everybody and wanted to see how he did. And, you know, for me, I thought he was the best quarterback there. But also I thought guys like Spencer, Spencer Rattlett also uh, kind of stood out there, won the MVP as well. I thought might have maybe improved his stop there. I still think he's probably a day three guy, but somebody that I think some team is going to be intrigued by uh, at some point in the draft. But yeah, if you look at the strengths of the senior bowl and, you know, what stood out to me, I think it was in the trenches, whether you talk about the offensive line or also defensive line too, as well. Uh, You look at offensive line there, uh, Fuaga from Oregon state. I definitely think, you know, he might've solidified his spot, possibly, you know, a top 12 pick in the draft there. Uh, I think Johnson powers uh, Johnson as well from Oregon. I think we think he uh, was excellent there. 
there too as well. Uh, I think he's solidified himself to be a first-round pick too. And then you look at the defensive side too as well. Uh, Sweat there uh, from Texas there and also Fisk, who I really do like, and I think it might be a good fit for the Jets too as well. So I think the offensive and defensive lines there for me were probably the two best sides of um, down in Mobile last week. You know, Antoine, uh, defensive line or sp- uh, specifically defensive tackle is going to be a big need for the Bills this offseason with Ed Oliver uh, being the only player under contract. Can you tell what can you tell us about Tavondre Sweat? I know you just mentioned him, but what did you see all week from him? And, you know, potentially where do you see him falling in this draft? Yeah, dominant. I mean, just dominant. I thought he looked like that in Texas, too. I mean, huge guy. Uh, you're not going to move him because he's a mammoth of a man. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see what he'll weigh at the combine, too. I mean, he did not weigh down there in uh, Mobile, uh, take his weight. But, you know, I think he's still trying to get himself probably in the best shape he can before the combine later this month, do. But, yeah, he was just dominant. And, you know, in the point of attack, also in the backfield constantly, too, as well. Somebody that's athletic, especially somebody as big as he is which i think he's probably like 370 shouldn't be as crazy athletic and what he is too as well but yeah i think if your teams like buffalo like the jets too they could use some defensive tackle help obviously with the jets they do have quentin williams but they want to you know solidify their run defense too as well i definitely think sweat is a guy that Second, third round, uh, possibly. Uh, I know the Jets don't have a second round pit, but obviously for Buffalo, I definitely think that would be a really good fit too to help inside, especially if you're looking to replace a guy like Ed Oliver, who's probably you know on the way out there. Sweat, um, he stood at six foot four, but declined to yes. give his weight. Yes. What? What are we guessing that to be at about right now? Three, three seventy five, three eight. That's probably my guess. Okay. Um, and then the other defensive lineman uh, that really kind of popped this past week. Uh, well, before I get to the guy that everybody was talking about, tell me a little bit about Alabama lineman Justin Igobi, who, listen, I was looking at some of his high school stuff, like, you know, reading through some of the senior bowl recaps. And this dude was freakish back when he was coming out um, as a high school athlete, um, had himself a, apparently a big week down in Mobile. Do you think he's a guy that could sneak into that end of the first round potentially based on what you saw? Or is that somebody that could be a value day two pick for somebody? Yeah, I think so too. It depends on like, you know, if you need help at that uh that spot in late first round. And, you know, if he didn't, if he doesn't get picked in early uh late round one, I definitely think you could see a team, you know, go into the second round or trade up. You as all we often see, especially now, those teams that make a trade early mm-hmm. in day two. And, you know, I definitely think he was somebody that's popping out the tape there too, is a really good pass rusher and also really good against the run too as well. So yeah, for me, like super athletic. Uh, definitely well coached, especially if you're going to play under Nick Saban. I mean, you're definitely going to have to be uh, well coached technical as well. So, yeah, I definitely think he was one of the best players down there, especially on the defensive side of the ball down there uh, last weekend. So, and then just one more real quick on the defensive yeah. line, Ryan, before we move on. Uh, Darius Robinson was the guy that I wanted to mention because he's really interesting to me for the Bills because of his like position flex. And, and Ryan has that look on his face like this is maybe where he was going. Um, but <laughs> I, I think he could be somebody at the end of the first round that I know Bills fans are going to bu- probably be like, oh, not defensive line in the first round again. But a guy that, you know, with this kind of uh, potential and versatility to play inside and outside, do you think that he could be a, a real nice pick there at the end of the first round? 
Yeah, I mean, if he, you know, if that's what they wanted to go to, and it's kind of what you said, like he has versatility, and I think that's kind of what you're looking for, whether you talk about the Bills' defense too. And I think, you know, the Jets' defense is also similar too, is the way where they look for guys that can play multiple types of positions, like on the inside and on the outside too as well. And, you know, I think he really stood out at college too. There's definitely that flexibility there, uh, be able to stop the run and also be able to rush the passer too. So, yeah, if you're looking for guys that can make an impact and put potentially uh, grow and be a force defensively. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Robinson is definitely a guy you should definitely take keep an eye on. And for Bills fans watching, I know, you know, they're all thinking wide receiver, wide receiver. And I promise you, we'll get to the wide receiver talk here in a minute. But Antoine, before you came in, we were talking about the Bills with some new coaching hires. Uh, Jamil Adai from the University of Miami comes in here. Obviously, he coached Cameron uh, Kinchins. What did you see from him uh, in terms of at the Senior Bowl this week, what do you think of him as an NFL prospect in, in terms of maybe being a potential fit for a, a Bills team that certainly is going to need some help at safety? Well, obviously, yeah, that's definitely going to be a, a point of emphasis for Buffalo there. Yeah, Kitchens is one of my favorite safeties and one of my favorites, one of my players would have watched coming into the Senior Bowl too. Like definitely a lot of flexibility there. I mean, he can, you know, line up in a lot of different packets, be your traditional safety, but also, you know, be, you know, line up as a nickel too as well. And definitely, you know, you, if you're looking for somebody that can not only uh, is good in coverage, but also can come up in inside in the box too as well and load up and help you on uh, running coverage too as well. So, yeah, I think Kitchens would be great, especially for what Buffalo likes to do, uh, especially at the safety spot too as well. And that way they can get a little bit younger too because, you know, as good as Jordan Poirier and Michael Hyde has been for, for them, and they definitely, you know, they're getting older there, you know, had some injuries too throughout the years as well. But, you know, having a guy like that with the flexibility in his kitchen is that I definitely think that would be beneficial to the Bills defense. Was there any other safeties that kind of stood out during the week? Because this is a situation where, you know, first of all, kitchens could, I know safety is not usually a, a position that goes off the board early. Even Brian Branch last year is a good example of a guy that, you know, yeah, and there was mock drafts, I remember, early in the cycle that had him going, like, top 15, and yeah. then we get to that part of it. And it's like running back. I feel like it's that position that just gets devalued in the draft. Is there any of those other, like, safeties that were down there that you're like, wow, this stands out and maybe could be in range for the Bills in the second round, maybe if they go receiver in the first? Not necessarily. I think really the cornerback position, I definitely think was uh, if you look at a guy like Mitchell uh, for uh, Toledo, I definitely think he was the guy that, you know, looking at all the secondary guys, like he was the guy that kind of stood out there the most out of everybody. But, you know, I think the rest of the safeties were kind of like, you know, it wasn't nothing necessarily impressive about them. I think they mm -hmm. kind of, you know, they they were who they were coming into Mobile. And, you know, I think they were pretty uh, they were the guys that I thought they would be coming down there. They really didn't pop off the tape, especially or pop off when you're watching practices too. But yeah, I think it, out of all the defensive backs, whether you talk about safety or cornerback, yeah, Mitchell for me, I think he maybe solidify himself as a first round pick, whether it be uh, in the middle or the lower first round. And as promised now, some wide receiver talk for the Bills <laughs> Mafia. Uh a lot of wide receivers. Xavier Luggett was one that I think some Bills fans are kind of keeping an eye on. Yeah. Anyone catch your eye at the Senior Bowl? What did you think of Luggett? What What do you think of this draft class as a whole, not just Senior Bowl prospects? Yeah, I mean, I think as far as like um, 
prospects as a whole in this draft, I think it's very deep. I mean, obviously, you know, you're talking about Rome, uh, Dunze, obviously Malik Neighbors. I think those are the guys. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to be in play for Buffalo, uh, but I think the best prospect in the draft. I think it's a very deep wide receiver core. If you talk about guys that were down in Mobile there, Jamari Thrash, I definitely think is a guy that, you know, one of the shiftier wide receivers and, you know, forced a lot of missed tackles uh, when he was with the Louisville Cardinals last year, too. So, yeah, I definitely think he's somebody that's very impressive. That was, uh, you know, I looked at too as well. You talk about Wilson, who I uh, definitely think he was, he stood out to me on tape too. Uh, Roman was, I think he solidified himself as a second round pick too. Not a big guy, but also somebody that was, they constantly found ways to get open. Uh, whether it be making, you know, tremendous one-handed catch or also just finding different ways to get open. And then Ricky Pearsall, I think he was another guy for me that kind of stood out too uh, throughout the course of the week. I saw him a lot. I was watching a lot of SEC football in Florida. Uh, That's kind of my background, but – uh, I think Ricky really uh, put a solidified himself as po- possibly maybe a third round pick somewhere in the draft. Yeah, Pearsall's one handed catch. I mean, going back and watching that over the course of the past week reminds you how special like the kid can be. I'm interested um, on Roman. Um, he's somebody that obviously I saw him in one NFL.com mock draft or put uh, given to a team late in the first round, which. I mean, wow. man, that's going to be – that's high. That feels high, even at, coming off of a, a good senior bowl. Um, the thing with him and Ladd McConkey that's tough is that I think the Bills have their own version of that player on the roster already in Khalil Shakir. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of eliminates those kinds of players. Um, you said you've looked at Wilson on tape, and I, I'd be interested to know how you saw Michigan use him and if he has any versatility to get outside, because, you know, I look at a guy like, um, the, you know, the, the dude from Oregon that you like, uh, Ryan, um, Troy Franklin, Troy, Troy Franklin, like that to me is the perfect fit. This, the burner outside guy that could fit into this offense with Shakir in the slot, dig still on the other side, as opposed to maybe a, like a Wilson, that's a little bit more. And even a guy like Malachi, uh, give me the last name. I'm still kind of trying to get, uh, uh, he was at the senior bowl, I think. What's his last yes. name? Uh, I, I know what you're talking about, too. Yeah. I, I, oh, his, gosh. This is going to bother now, me. Now I'm blanking out, too, at the last name. Oh, no. That. Ryan, come in with the save uh, here. Give it to me. I was just about to ask about Luke McCaffrey. So maybe I, that can be the transition point while we while we look up his Okay, name. there you go. Ask about that. I'll find the name. <laughs> so, you know, Luke McCaffrey, a lot of fans were yes. intrigued. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey's brother, good bloodlines. Transition from quarterback over to wide receiver at Rice, uh, I believe in 2022. What did you Correct. see from him at uh, the Senior Bowl? And then, you know, is this a player that might get overdrafted because of the last name, or is this someone who has high upside and, and might just go to a, a really good fit uh, whenever that may be in the draft? I think McCaffrey, I mean, look, he's not somebody that I think is going to go uh, in the first two days, no. but I definitely think he's somebody that's well-coached, obviously played multiple positions, former quarterback there. So I definitely think him being a wide receiver can definitely really help him. And, you know, he al- I also think he had a solid week, too, and then he's trying to solidify himself as a maybe a fourth or fifth round pick. But, yeah, I definitely think – I don't expect him to be like this super impact player, but if you're looking for somebody that's 
you know, going to get you to move the change on like a third down situation there. Yeah, I definitely think he's somebody that can definitely do that. And yeah, back to Wilson. And also you want to talk about Troy Franklin, like for Wilson, I definitely think he has a lot of versatility. Michigan used him on the outside at times. They also used him in the slot too. He's not a big guy. So he's typically, he's going to be a slot guy in the league most, uh, most likely, but he can line up on the outside too as well. And not very fast, but again, I, I don't think he'll I don't think he'll run very well at the combine. Uh, I don't think his speed is going to jump out at anybody. But you look at tape, he was always open. He always found ways to get open. He was Michigan's leading receiver as far as touchdown receptions, but and also just yards as well and overall receptions. So, yeah, I definitely think he was just tremendous. And I, I think first first round would be, you know, I don't know if I would take him in the first round considering his size, but I definitely day it's second second round uh, day two I definitely would uh, do that for sure. And Troy Franklin, I I really do like too. I mean, he has explosive speed. I mean, he just you know flat out like if you're looking for a guy, especially you go you got Josh Allen who has a cannon for an arm. Like <laughs> you got Troy Franklin um, like running down the sideline that could pose a lot of problems for defenses. What's up, everybody? Matt Perino here one half of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast, here today to talk to you about Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It is the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. Testing your skills on Prize Picks this playoff basketball season is the most simple way to get in on the action. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and submit your lineup. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S H O U T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. I've just been starting to kind of dive into all the draft stuff and seeing Franklin, because um, I don't watch a lot of college football during the season. That's why I love having you on, Antoine, because you're like, you're, you're a do-it-all kind of guy, yeah, man. Yeah, you're I, crushing I, college, I, you're crushing <laughs> NFL. Like, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a hero for all of us. Um, but like getting to kind of watch Franklin to me, it's the perfect fit because it's not just the speed and his ability to, to, to catch deep balls, but it's to track them. Like to yeah. me, to, to be a great deep threat in the NFL, you can't just like get open. You got to be able to track, but there's so many, how many balls this year, Ryan, for the bills, whether it was Diggs or Davis, where they just overran them or underran them or, you know, just not on the same page with, with, with Josh Allen. To me, that's where Franklin to me is so exciting as a prospect. And I think if he runs off the, you know, uh, the grid here coming up in, in a couple of weeks in Indy, you're talking about probably like a early twenties kind of pick. And I know it's, it's tough to project these things because right now he's, he's available almost in every mock draft you look at at 28, but we know yeah. how things change. Um, how do you see that, that top five, if you have them in your top five, and I know not, not everybody does, but you obviously have Harrison, Adunze, Neighbors, and Brian Thomas from LSU probably as the consensus top four. Where do you see those that four that run of four ending, if that's your four, and where does uh, Franklin fit in? 
Probably fifth. Like, I would say fifth. I mean, you know, Keon Coleman is a guy some people don't like. Some people do like. I do like him. Uh, although I think, you know, what what's going to be key, what's going to be big for Keon is, you know, the way that he runs. And also because some people don't think he, he can separate from defenders in the league. And, you know, he made these tremendous catches at FSU and that's all good. But I don't know. You know, I don't know how much he's going to be able to do that in the league. So that, I think that's a valid concern there for him. But, yeah, I think he, him and Franklin like are right there. But, you know, I think what separates Franklin is really, you know, the type of offense that he played at Oregon. I definitely think when they brought Kenny Dillingham in and, you know, obviously Dan Landon became the head coach, they really opened up the offense a lot and which also helped his skill set a ton there so that you were able to see when he was able to trap balls and also you know his explosiveness too as well and and then I think that really just you know opened up Oregon's office in a different way so for me I would I have Franklin in the fifth and probably Keon probably like six which may be you know either late first round or early second there very good I have a question for you from our uh Shout insiders. We put out these uh, texts to them asking them tonight if they had any questions, and they had one for you. Uh, would be curious to know if Antoine thinks the Jets hype will be as big for next season as it was for this. In theory, it would be, right? Defensive pieces back plus Rodgers. But now you throw, obviously, Buffalo is still controlling the division. Miami, you know, second year in a row, they've, they've done very well in the regular season. Is the hype for the Jets going to be as high in 2024 i don't think so i i don't i'm not gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe again because you know <laughs> you know what like we we all were guilty of kind of just saying okay aaron is there he's gonna solve all of their issues and he didn't i mean even though he didn't play but even if he did play i don't think he solves all their issues they might have won a couple more games than what they did but you know i still don't think they would have won the division especially considering look at the offensive line they had 14 different combinations in 17 games. That's not really sustainable for anybody. Uh, I don't care if you're Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, you know, whoever, like, you know, you're going to have some problems there, you know, if you can't have a uh, consistent offensive line as well. And then obviously you look at the wide receiver core. I mean, you have Garrett Wilson, who's, I think is tremendous talent. Brees Hall is uh, amazing as well, but you know, to find that second wide receiver, they thought they gave Alan Lazar $44 million (laughs) uh, for years and already Robert Sala is counting the days on when they can release them. So yeah, I think, I think they have some problems. They're going to have to fix like a lot, like especially on the offensive end. They have some defensively defensive tackle there. Uh, I know Jordan Whitehead will be a free agent at the safety position. So I don't know if they're going to re-sign them. But, you know, I think offensively they have a lot of issues to address. And until they do that, then I'm I'm not picking them to do much of anything. And then obviously, you know, you talk about just the, some of the smoke that came out, you know, the athletic article and detailing a lot of things that's going on. I, I kind of knew a little bit of some of that stuff, too, as well. It just seems like uh, it, it's really a make or break year for the Jets, too. I mean, they got a mulligan for Aaron getting hurt last year, but. Yeah, they won't get that again. Like they're gonna have to find also a solid backup quarterback just in case Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Because let's face it, I mean the man is forty years old, and old people tend to get hurt when they play football. I'm not saying he's gonna get hurt again, but right. you never know. You need to have a insurance plan just in case that were to happen again. But in two two of them proven otherwise. Buffalo still control the division there. I think as long as they have Josh Allen, that's their window for opportunity. I think the Dolphins are in a different situation where they're going to have to start paying people uh, right now 
quite frankly. Uh, you got Kristen Wilkins coming up there. It'd be interesting to see what they do. And then obviously, you know, they're they're seeing like they're going to commit to Tua. And uh, I don't know what the other parts are going to change around that, too. So it's going to be interesting to see what that team looks like. And they're going to have to make a decision on Xavier and Howard, the longtime veteran. Seems like he might be on the way out, too. It's a great roundup. Uh, I, I want to, um, just because of all the news here and, and some other stuff that we have to get to, uh, I want to do a deep dive around the AFC East uh, that maybe we'll save for after the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll bring you back on. We'll do it then. But I want to ask you one more question before I let you get out of here. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> there, as we start to look at some other like types of receiver, we talked a little bit about Roman Wilson and obviously uh, McConkie, who was kind of like, uh, the apple of everybody's eye last week. I mean, just you know, on the heels of Puka Nakua, like that to me, that guy is probably going to go a lot higher than even he would have in a normal year. Um, it, you have a lot of those kinds of players in the draft. Like I mentioned, I don't know if the Bills are shopping in that area. Um, talk to me a little bit about Devontae Walker, Javon Baker, and then Brendan Rice, who I'm super intrigued about because depending on his positioning, where he goes, a lot of production last year, obviously the bloodlines with Jerry Rice are interesting, but of those three, who was most impressive and who do you think, like if you're projecting the three of them long-term and, and maybe even, I'm not super familiar with Baker or even Walker. Maybe they are also in that pot of like slot receivers. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if not, which of those three do you think is going to have like, you know, the, the potential best arc here? I think Rice had a really good week last week at the Senior Bowl, too. I mean, a lot of people were, you know, I, I know Mel Kuyper didn't even have it on his draft board at one point in time. And then all of a sudden now, I think he's starting to gain a lot more traction, too. And now looking like a uh, possible day two pick in the draft. I mean, you know, he really separated himself, found himself always open against defenders there. Had a, had some good reps, too, uh, against Mitchell, uh, who we talked about for Toledo as well. Uh, so I think for him, I think his game is a little bit different than Walker and Baker. I think Baker and Walker are kind of very similar where they have, you know, you talk about the acceleration, you talk about the speed there, you know, with Baker, he does have a strong build. I think he's about six foot one, 200, a little bit over 200 pounds. Uh, his ability to separate, I definitely think to create that separation, I think is key. So I think, if you're looking for a guy that's kind of off the radar a little bit, somebody that hasn't been talked about, I think Baker could be a guy if you uh, you can look at too as well and hope you can develop. And and Walker, Tez Walker, uh, he didn't have the best of weeks, although you know I think he was kind of up and down at times. But I, I definitely love this tape at UNC, and I mean especially if you're watching uh, you're watching May, uh, you definitely can uh, you know notice Walker and what he can do there, the deceleration the you know that he presents too as well, and definitely I think he was the fastest receiver uh on record at the senior bowl last week so if you're in the speed there you're in the track tracking the ball there i definitely think walker is a guy that you could potentially look at too as well but to answer your question i probably feel a little bit more comfortable about rice just simply because uh not even bloodlines aside just kind of like him as a route runner and i definitely think he can be probably the more consistent player out of them but i think if you're looking for possibly potential out of all these guys i think baker may present that for you especially with the way his frame is and also you know the speed that it comes along with it uh you go to the combine right yeah i'll be there i'll see you, I'll see you, you there know find, you know how to find me so you know how to text me just text me <laughs> i will uh, but we'll get we'll we'll uh we'll run this back uh we'll we'll get a little bit more into the you know the NFL side of things um uh, obviously we'll still talk draft but uh, I'm I'm curious to pick your brain with all the tape that you've watched with these college guys and I'll see you in India man thank you so much for yeah. doing this yeah thank man you. I can go on and on yeah so yeah definitely <laughs> uh, I appreciate y'all having me on and uh, yeah we'll talk soon all right brother take care.
Yeah, y'all too. All right. Uh, there he is, Antoine Staley. You can find all of his work over at the New York Daily News. Find him on Twitter as well. Uh, if you're if you're, X, whatever you want to call it. Um, he is, uh, what do you call it these days, Ryan? I still call it Twitter more than anything else. Yeah, but I try Twitter. to throw in like the little backslash X when I'm talking to people about it. But Yeah, yeah whatever. Stuff. He's at Antoine Staley, A-N-T-W-A-N-S-T-A-L-E-Y. Find him over on X, Twitter, whatever you call it. All right, Ryan, let's get into back on the coaching train here. Uh, one last thought on the whole Butler um, situation and, you know, how they're kind of going in this direction. Um, you know, w- we talked about it at the top when somebody was asking about joining the insiders. You know, we had talked about at the end of the season uh, a conversation that I had with Kyer Elam, and it was weird. Like, you know, a lot of times, like when, when when I talk to a young player about the experiences they've had, um, you know, over their first couple of seasons, you know, I ask them sometimes, like, who's been there for you? Who's who have you leaned on? And I kind of just flippantly asked, like, about John Butler, like his position coach, like, how much have you leaned on him? And he kind of looked at me with a stare, weird stare, and you know, was like, no comment. And so I was like. Oh, that's very, very strange. Like that, that usually doesn't come in that way. And I want to read a quote that I had up at uh, the website. If you go over to newyorkupstate.com, syracuse.com, you can read my story from this. He followed up the no comment by saying, I wasn't there health wise for my team. I only played in three regular season games. I really couldn't explode or couldn't run. It gave more power to the person not to play me. Hmm basically talking about John Butler. I just feel like when I got healthy and able to show that I could take the ball away at a high level or go out there and be a great player, I was able to do that when I got healthy. I'm going to continue to work hard and keep striving to get better. That's all I can do. So obviously a bit of a disconnect, even back then, between Butler and and Elam. um, But it's a situation where, listen, the, the proof's in the pudding with what Butler was able to do for this team over the course of his career. And I think if you look at the totality of this thing and all the players that he did develop, I've been a little bit critical of of the Elam experience with the bills. Um, But I don't think you can scoff at Butler's track record and his ability to uh, develop guys. And who knows going inside, maybe we'll learn more about that over the next couple of weeks. Like, you know, what really went into that disconnect or, um, you know, what was were the draft conversations around Elam when they took him? We knew that McDuffie was probably more of the guy they wanted uh, right. back in that draft, but it doesn't always work out that way. And maybe a lesson learned for Brandon Bean if he's in that position once again. We're talking about these wide receivers, right? Everybody's talking about getting a wide receiver. Maybe there's a similar conversation. And instead of just trading up and taking the best of what's left, Maybe it's a situation where you look to draft a different position group and come back with another player later on because they landed Benford in that same draft who ended up being a starter for them. Yeah, I mean, that's one route. They have 10 picks in this draft. They can also get aggressive and uh, try to make sure they're not the team that gets leapfrogged, which has been something that's happened over the years at times. Uh, they, they kind of did it last year. They leapfrogged in front of D- uh, Dallas, thinking they were going to kind of go that route for Kincaid. So. Sometimes you sit and you wait and you hope for the best, but the Bills have been burning that regard at, at times. It, the Kyrie Elam part is interesting. It, it gives him a new lease on life here in Buffalo. Uh, probably, you know, he, he probably wasn't too heartbroken over the news today based on the no comment, based on uh, the fact that he wouldn't even refer to 
him by name when, when commenting about it gave more power to the coach, as you said. So in that regard, you know, Elam probably has a, a better shot of playing a bigger role. But the grand scheme of things in Buffalo, all the players that have come in here under John Butler, the vast majority have played at a high level, have done a really good job. Sometimes I feel like that they have outplayed their almost their skill set. Uh, he's been they've been coached up so well by Butler that you know they they don't make mistakes. They're in the right position. They might not be the flashiest or most athletic players, but they're always well coached and always where they need to be. I mean, even when he came over, uh, was it Kevin Johnson that they brought in from the Texans? Yeah. And he had the history with concussions and injuries, but when he was on the field, he looked pretty good. Uh, free agents, draft picks. A lot of these guys have come in and done a really nice job. So it, it is a big loss in the secondary, even if it does end up giving Elam a better shot of, of playing a bigger role in 2024. It, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Definitely a loss. Definitely something that, you know, the, it's going to be a hard thing for them to fill. Uh, let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball. The Bills also did uh, make a little bit of a move uh, on the defensive side before we go to the offense, adding uh, a defensive quality control coach to the mix. Uh, let me bring this up. Christian Taylor, I believe, is his name. Am I saying that properly? Yes. Yep. Okay. He comes over uh, from William and Mary, if I'm not wrong. Again, a lot of stuff is happening right now, <laughs> so I'm trying to like put it all together. But yeah. I, I saw an article shared by Bruce Feldman. Uh, who covers uh, college football uh, for The Athletic. He does that freaks list every year. Uh, and he did a, a pretty big deep dive. I haven't had a chance to really sit down and read it yet. I came right from uh, my son's basketball practice. But uh, it, it's a deep, deep dive into Taylor, who was the offensive coordinator at William & Mary, and now is going to be the defensive quality control coach with the Bills. Uh, Feldman said Taylor had the most creative offense in college football, and now will work on the defensive side for the Bills. So that's kind of an intriguing hire. Not only that, but like, Maybe Joe Brady gets him in a couple meetings and picks his brain about some of the innovations that he had at the college level with William and Mary. Yeah. And you know, the pipeline of William and Mary to, to Buffalo is strong. Now Sean McDermott, Joe Brady, and, and, and now with uh, the coach you just mentioned, I, I like the, you know, they're going out there. They're looking for these creative minds. Uh, if you can scheme things up defensively, that can maybe frustrate a Patrick Mahomes because that's been Buffalo's kryptonite in these playoffs is, Mahomes, nothing phases him. They don't get home from the, the pass rush. So they get pressure. He eludes it uh, on, on the back end or the linebacker position. You know, they're giving up a lot of receptions and injuries played a role in that this year, obviously, especially at the linebacker position, but on the back end and the secondary too, but bring someone in that can get creative and maybe can throw some things that he hasn't seen yet. That has a history in terms of being very smart offensively with creativity. I don't see much downside in a move like that, Matt. No, that's going to be an interesting one to uh, watch, and I'm, I'm I'm very interested to talk to Sean McDermott about the hire uh, here in a couple of weeks at the Combine. We'll also talk to him about this whole John Butler situation. Uh, let's go to the offensive side of the ball, and a lot of questions. It came up on Danger and Bataglia over on ESPN, or uh, the fan Rochester, earlier this week about um, what the Bills are doing at their quarterback's coach uh, position. Because when Brady was promoted, they never really filled that job. They had kind of Mark Lubick, who's an offensive assistant, and Mike Shula, who's a senior offensive assistant, kind of like, you know, both in that room, adding their uh, expertise. Uh, we got to this part of the offseason, and 
it still hadn't been filled even since Joe Brady had been promoted. The Bills make a really intriguing hire. They go out and they get um, Ronald Curry, who has served last season uh, with the New Orleans Saints as their quarterback's coach and offensive passing game coordinator. Uh, somebody that was in line uh, or in the mix to be their offensive coordinator. They went in a different direction. Uh, he is the Ronald Curry. If you think back to North Carolina days, played quarterback there, played hoops there uh, as well, uh, which is really cool. Shout out to uh, Scott Maranto, who said, um, who did he say that he played with on those Julius teams? Peppers, Julius Peppers, who was yeah. the ultimate two, two oh, sport what athlete. Um, what a freak, but a really intriguing hire. And, I said this on, on danger Battaglia that, you know, there was internal candidates. Why I thought they would go external is to bring another voice into the room. Like, you know, when you're, <clears throat> when you're Josh Allen, you have Kyle Allen in there. You're now super familiar with Joe Brady. You had Ken Dorsey before that you had a familiarity with Brian Dable who helped develop you. Sometimes I think getting a message that's a little bit different, a different challenge, I think could help raise your game to a whole nother level, see things in a different way. And I think Curry brings in, you know, a lot of experience. He's had a bunch of different roles. He's been in a wide receivers room. He played yeah. wide receiver in the NFL. He played quarterback in college. So this is a guy that's seen a lot of football, really interesting to see how this kind of marriage works. Cause that's a really important job. I mean, I think Brady did a good job as quarterbacks coach. We've come to learn, which by the way, I was very, um, you know, what's going on in that room before the, the ultimate move from Brady uh, to quarterbacks coach to, to offensive coordinator. But we've learned, you know, Josh Allen had a really good relationship with him, had one with Ken Dorsey, too. That's been a really important position over the course of, you know, Allen's arc. And listen, this Ronald Curry edition, I actually I really like it. You dig into it. Uh, he had been with the Saints since 2016, so he spent a lot of time learning from Sean Payton. Uh, I know that Joe Brady was only there for a few seasons, but he has a very big Sean Payton influence in, in the way that he coaches in in his system and his scheme. They were together for two years in New Orleans, and he was a coach that was so well respected that after you know Sean Payton quote unquote retired uh, from the, the Saints and from football. He stayed on with the next regime, which was an internal hire, and uh, that makes sense. He was offered the wide receivers coach with this next regime that's coming in, and he turned it down to come to the Bills to be with Joe Brady, someone, like I said, he's coached with. And I always like those players that or these coaches that have some playing experience. It's not the be-all, end-all, uh, but this is someone that UNC has had all these records as a quarterback total yards and things like that. And he had three different offensive coordinators. He had some injuries and he still kind of grinded things out. Uh, he was a top 10 recruit in basketball and football before he committed to UNC. So he has that high, you know, the pedigree, he knows what it's, he can relate to a lot of these athletes that the bills have and that they'll bring in through the draft well-respected was getting some offensive coordinator interviews uh, as of last year. So someone that was thought highly of, uh, it's definitely an intriguing hire based on the relationship he already has with Brady. And I do like this move. I like the move too. I think it's a really good move. Um, we got to run out of here, uh, but head over to the tops red zone right now. Um, you can go over to topsmarkets.com slash red zone uh, to get the, the full breakdown. Tops is the place to shop for everything you need for game day. And there's a big one coming up on Sunday. I know Bills fans probably aren't super excited about the game, but it's a Super Bowl. We're all going to watch. We're all going to participate. We're going to have the conversation. And the good news is when it ends, 
<clears throat> we can flip the page on this season and we don't have to talk about uh, the Chiefs uh, anytime soon. And listen, I'm picking the 49ers. I'm sticking with that pick. I, I think they're going to win that game. I think there's going to be a lot of happy Bills fans on Sunday. But find amazing savings over at Tops with recipes and more over at topsmarkets.com slash red zone. Uh, one last shout out. Uh, if you want to become an insider, get a two-week free trial, and then your first month at $3.99 a month will be uh, while the combine is happening. I will be boots on the ground Monday through Friday. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to have great guests. Uh, I'm going to I'm uh, on the podcast that week. I'm really excited about it, Ryan. I'll give you the final word here. Yeah, I cannot wait. You know, Bill's Mafia, you might think it's the offseason, but this is an exciting time to join the Shout Insiders Combine coming up. We're going to have uh, information about pre-draft visits, the virtual meetings. The insiders will get all that information first. Then, obviously, before you know it, it is draft season. A lot of information there. Football season never ends. Join us at the Shout Insider uh, line, which Matt had up earlier on in the show. 716-528-6727. We will see you very soon. He's Ryan. I'm Matt. We'll see you later.